That green-white checkered should be played in every driver's meeting, every rookie orientation, everywhere we go. You want to know how you put a great show on for the fans, toe-to-toe, heavyweight battle with respect, that was it. Hey race fans, welcome into another episode of Backseat Drivers. Here in Studio 3, joined by Steve Letart and Mamba Smith. I am Alex Weaver and the most recent winner in the NASCAR Cup Series, Joey Logano. He wins again at another uh, new track for the NASCAR Cup Series. We'll get into who I picked last week later. But it was a little overshadowed by Ross Chastain and the uh, best friends group. I'm sure there's a group text message going around uh, wondering when Ross Chastain's going to have dinner with everybody or uh, send their Christmas cards. No, it's not happening with literally everybody. But let's get in first to <laughs> Denny Hamlin versus Ross Chastain because this one was, I don't know, Stage two, start of stage two, end of stage two, beginning of the final stage, the end of the final stage. It just carried on for a lot longer. So, uh, Steve, let's start with you on this one. What was your take on just Ross versus Denny? Well, listen, Ross has always been an aggressive driver. We've known that about Ross. But I was one of the analysts that defended him at his win at the road course after moving A.J. Allmendinger. But I did that because he had built up a lot of credit with some discretion. He actually avoided some incidents earlier this year. Unfortunately for Ross, in my book, it's totally gone. I, I didn't love the apology. It's okay that you said it was a mistake. The simple fact is you ran Denny Hamlin over. You, at some point, ran into Chase. Like, you're hitting too many people. He's super talented. There's no doubt about that. But I just think that for the length of these races, the length of the season, and the depth of the field, he has to find a little bit more discretion at times because you want that discretion built up when it's for a win. Because he's going to have those shots. He's going to have a shot to win a race, and it's going to take a move like that. But can you continue to do it when you've done it back in the middle of the pack over other races? Um, it's going to be interesting to see. Not to mention, we've discussed this, you know, you're making enemies out of folks you're going to see up front and in the playoffs. And what I've learned about race car drivers, Mamba, is they don't forget. And Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, all the people he's offended, I don't think you're going to see an issue in Sonoma. I think it's going to be like round 16 or the round of 12 it's going to be when it matters the absolute most at the end of the season well that is what denny said so i i, I hear you on the he built up some equity in his discretion but i just don't really think he did i think he was like that from jump in the whole time like coda you knew what he was going to do he's going to do anything he has to do to win he'll do anything to get one spot now to your point that's not necessarily what you want to do in a three four hundred lap race and you're doing it on lap 100 when you have a long way to go or when you know you're in the playoffs and you have to fight and gouge with these guys in the top five but I just don't think he cares and I, I, I love it. I love that he doesn't care it's great entertainment entertainment for us we get to sit back and watch and point and ooh and ah but uh, they're gonna he's gonna have some struggles in the playoffs there's no doubt because like we talked about off air is these other guys, they're watching what you're doing. They might not have been involved with that, but they're watching how you race other people, and now they're gonna race you the same. And like, versus Logano and Byron, Logano, he goes back and forth, to your point. He gets some of that credibility. Ross is really, he's really kind of scratching that card off real quick. Yeah, but the difference is Logano owns it. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. like so here's my problem. You can't win two cup races and then just tell me you completely missed a corner and ran a guy over. I mean, I could hit a guy because I can't drive. <laughs> but like, he can drive. So the Logano defense is at least after Darlington, he got out and said, yes, absolutely, I ran him over. He and I was like, yeah. 
like it or not, I'm like, oh, okay, I can, as a fan, because yep. that's really what we're talking about. Yep. As a fan, you can then choose to like Logano's style. But if I'm a Ross Chastain fan, I don't know what to think or believe. Are you the guy that moved a guy for the win? And now you hit Denny, but you say you didn't mean to, and then you apologize. I'm super confused by it. I don't buy it all. I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. He does it on purpose, but he also wants you to feel bad because he feels bad. Yeah. Oh. He don't care. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of feeling bad, he also, as Steve mentioned, he got into Chase Elliott. BJ McLeod, you tell me if you want to see BJ McLeod in a dark alley. I do not. Uh, but here's what Ross had to say following the race at Gateway. Just terrible driving, Jamie. I just, it's one thing to do it once, but I just kept driving into guys. And at this level, I'm supposed to be better than that. And it's just shame for Moose and Advent Health and Jockey and Worldwide Express and have all these people believing in me and Justin Marks and Pitbull to put me in this car. They deserve better. I owe half the field an apology and it's words aren't going to fix it. So I'll have to pay for it on the track and almost did today. And then I deserve everything that they do. I just, I can't believe that I continue to make the same mistakes and overdrive the corners and drive into guys. I, I like had time under caution to like get reset and we go green and I drive into somebody. Well, I have a couple of opinions about that. One, you make Jamie Little run after you. Oh, Negative. Yeah. Never ever. She's been on pit road all day long. She's way tired. Just stand there and do the interview. Uh, number two, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. It's a shame on me. So if I am a driver on the racetrack, I am staying far, far away from the one. But Mama, what was your take on that apology? He, he said what he said. He, whether he feels the way he feels about what he said, I'm sure there's some level that he does, but at the end of the day, those other cars aren't putting food on his table. Now, they can take it away, like we talked about, but if I'm like Justin Marks or Pitbull, that's my guy. I'm riding that horse all the way until the wheels fall off. You don't, well, they got two horses, but I'm still, I'm going to ride, I'm going to ride with, with Ross. Like, he's, he's a winner. He's shown that he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And as an owner, you, you support that and you're here for that. Yeah, I think that, that uh, interview for me was more for the boardroom, perhaps, than mm -hmm. the racetrack, um, which if it works, good for him. I, I, you know, I'm not one to judge what the people that support him financially are going to say. Uh, Justin Marks came out very to the point, black and white, that he's his driver. He didn't think anything, yep. did anything wrong, and he's going to support it. I think that does make a difference, but I think everything we are talking about that happened out of the race cars makes zero difference to what's getting ready to happen into the race car at some point. I also, like I said, it's not going to be next week or two weeks or three weeks. This is, these drivers have this amazing Rolodex of, of <laughs> incidents that they could pull. And when they do it, they go, well, you remember six months ago and they pull it up and we've all forgotten. Oh, yeah. They have it. It's and I don't a, think they're going to. It's not to. a photograph memory. It's like a video memory. Yeah. They know exactly they what do. part. It's crazy. Uh, just a simple yes or no. Does Ross call or text Chase or Denny? Um, I bet he tries to reach out. Oh, okay. Now, whether it lands or is accepted, I don't know, but he'd be silly not to. Yeah, you, I mean, whether he, uh, he needs to. Mm. He, you need to. Make sure you do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here, there are two sides to every story, so uh, here's what Denny Hamlin had to say after the race. You know, it takes responsibility, but, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, it, it, it uh, ruined our day, and, um, you know, I, I think we were kind of racing hard there for a while on him on the inside, and, um, he tried to keep sliding up in front of us and wasn't able to because I wasn't willing to just back off and let him slide up in front. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't take long after he tucked it behind us that uh, it, it wrecked us. So, I mean, it, 
you know, the unfortunate part is it didn't look like he got too shy after that because I think he got the nine after that one. But um, yeah, you just, uh, yeah, you just, you know, we we all have learned the hard way, and and you know, we've all had it uh, had to come back around on us, and you know, it'll be no different. And the tag team between the nine and the eleven is the storyline I never knew that I needed, but <laughs> oh, I desperately was just lapping it all up. You know what, Dave makes. That interview impresses me more because it wasn't an emotional interview. Right, yeah. Like he wasn't, Very I'm sure stoic. he was mad, but right. he didn't pound his fist, call him names. He was very to the point that, great, he took responsibility, reading between the lines, don't care. Let me give you the context. He was mad because of X, Y, and Z. Because um, it's hard in the TV coverage to show every battle and all the time. All and now he says, on. this has happened two or three times. That makes it even worse for me. And then he just basically said, and he almost puts himself in this point, you know, I learned, we've all learned, well, now he's going to learn. I, I mean, the, the clip is the clip. <laughs> he went in there, and he moved him, and he put the 11 in the fence. I, to your point, though, I am impressed. Denny, like, sometimes I'm like, this is young Denny. And then I'm like, oh, no, there's an older Denny. This is owner Denny. Like, he, he crosses over sometimes, and... <laughs> It's very interesting. It's hard for my brain to understand exactly who I'm listening to, but there, that seemed like owner, older, mature Denny. Like, all right, I'm going to have to teach this, this youngin a little bit on how we get things done up here in the Cup Series. So um, it was very mature and put together. I love, I love that interview. That was the mature driver that won the longest race of the year a week ago. Mm -hmm. Avoid right. all the issues, not getting any of the fireworks. Oh, look, here I am, battle with my teammate, and he wins the Coke 600. That's the same patient guy. Well, if you visit uh, one of our friends here on the back seats, Twitter, Bob Pockris, Denny gave a little bit of a more hot take to Bob, I guess, after the emotions had settled in. He said that there would be uh, retaliation coming. He was going to wait for the kill until it was the worst uh, possible time for Ross. So just a swimming round in a <laughs> circle. Like a shark. It's going to be great. Okay, well, we'll we are heading to Sonoma this upcoming weekend, and the road courses tend to be a little chippy. So, does it continue in Sonoma, or is this a put it to bed for a little while and let's reel it up at the playoffs? Uh, is the 16 racing in Sonoma? Yes. I, I mean, it might not continue as far as the 11, the 9, and the 1, but the 16, I'm sure remembers what happened at Coda, and I'm, sure that, I'm pretty sure this is their first time back on track in a situation where AJ is going to be able to be racing up front with Ross, and they will be racing up front. And um, he doesn't forget either, so I would watch out for that. I think the whole field's going to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive to be successful at Sonoma. Back to the short course, not going to run the Karras line anymore, which I'm a big uh, fan of. I think it adds a great passing zone. I think if you're Ross Chastain, you're going to have to have a team meeting with your own team to remind, hey, guys, you're probably not going to see the most aggressive version of me. There's going to be a lot of concessions all day long. This is not the place I'm going to concede positions. Because the only way I know to make it better is to somehow, you know, move over and let a guy go and and i don't think it'll make a big difference but it's the direction i would take at this point <laughs> all right well for the two sharks of the 11 and the nine i think watermelon might be on the menu we just don't know <laughs> when um, all right next up let's move it on to saturday we saw the xfinity series racing at portland international raceway a great show a packed house out there in portland we're excited to get back to the pacific northwest um, but one guy who left the track no surprise, really. He doesn't have a whole lot of friends either, but he uh, continued to ruffle feathers, this time with Noah Gregson. Ty Gibbs wins a lot of races. He's become quite the road course ace, and uh, once again, no Christmas cards. So, uh, Steve, let's get your take on Ty Gibbs. So, 
you know, each Ty Gibbs issue by itself doesn't strike me as, oh my good, goodness, I can't believe it happened. And I would go as far as to say that if it was a Joey Logano or a Denny Hamlin or Kyle Busch, I might even overlook it because they have a resume of race wins and championships amongst most of them. And just, I think there would be some credibility and, and some overlooking. The concern for Ty Gibbs, he's too young and too good to have this be his style. You know, Ty Gibbs is going to be in great equipment his career. He has partners that support him. His grandfather's a team owner. He has everything going his way. It's unnecessary to build this reputation within the Xfinity series and the cup drivers who watch that this is how you race. So I would love to see Ty Gibbs to learn a little bit of discretion and a little bit of an artistic flair. Like the best, the Jeff Gordons, the Matt Kenseths, the ones that they all got their shots in. They did it with that artistic flair where it wasn't so black and white like, oh, well, he wrecked him. You know, you have to be like, well, did he or did he kind of, you know, Ty needs to learn that. And I think that, you know, every race car driver needs to prove how good they are. Yeah. I believe he's kind of done that, right? Like he's everyone's pick to finish in the top three of about every race. So now let's move past that. Let's move on to what type of race car driver you're going to be through your career. And I think he's not making enemies. That's not the point. He's building a reputation that's going to take a long time to dissolve, if ever, as he moves up through the ranks. Yeah, and to, when, when you make that step up and this is what you've been doing and you're going to be in fast equipment, the boys at the couple of them, they're just not going to deal. They're just not going to give you any slack. Like, you're going to have no credibility that, oh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that he didn't mean to run into me. I'm going to take a, a note out of Jeff Burton's book. He said driving a race car is like using a scalpel. It's, it's, there's an art to driving a race car. And you need to see a little, he has all the tools to be one of the, the one of the Pablo Picasso's of driving race car, he's, he's very good at this age. He just needs to slow down. It's, I feel like it's emotional for him. He gets into these situations where he loses his head a little bit, and it's in small instances. But those instances really show up in in a big way. Whether it's with Sam Mayer at Martinsville, where that should have just been a conversation, and maybe a little bit, and then you don't take the helmet off, and the whole situation. Like if you're gonna do that stuff. You need to, there's a mindset that you have to have. And I just think he needs somebody to big cousin him a little bit and be like, hey man, let's just, let's just slow down a little bit. We're good, we're good. He just needs a, a little bit of big cousin work. All right, well, you know we love conflict on track here in the back seat. So now let's get to, um, I can't believe I'm calling him this, the non-conflict Joey Logano. <laughs> Ran a clean race. Um, he is becoming quite the closer. This is his second win of the season. He won at Darlington and now at Worldwide Technology Raceway. He's the fourth driver in the 2022 season with multiple wins. So Joey will be in the playoffs. Um, Logano, is he the new closer? <clears throat> I picked him to win. Uh, do you <laughs> remember seeing that? I, I didn't actually, no. <laughs> I don't remember being here for that either. Just kidding, but I did pick him to win. Um, the new closer, like I don't, I don't think so. Like I think closer is like he hasn't done that a ton. Like this is this isn't his like mo. He usually when he wins, he usually wins in a dominating fashion. So I wouldn't say he just kind of rolls up and wins. I will say though, watching him and Kyle Busch go toe to toe for the for the second time this year because they did it at the Clash too was fun. And there's no love lost between those two guys where you talk about maturity and driving with an art, that's what they did. They didn't run over each other. And two guys that you would expect to run over each other for a win, and they did it with grace. And that, that's the beautiful part of how they finished that race. 
That green-white checkered should be played in every driver's meeting, every rookie orientation, everywhere we go. You want to know how you put a great show on for the fans, toe-to-toe, -to -toe, heavyweight battle with respect, that was it. Um, I'm always good with, you know, tire marks on a door. Yep. It's bumper to bumper I have a problem with, right? Because tire marks on the door is maybe I drove in too hard. Maybe you held me down too much. Those two had back-to-back -back crossovers. It was exciting to watch. It was a great race to watch. Um, is Joey Logano the new closer? Joey Logano is the kind of everything. I'm not willing to give him a label of a closer. He's a champion. He wins a ton of races. Penske's cars are known to fire very well. Richmond, Loudoun, you know, they're not the green-white cars you want to line up next to for a green-white checker. I mean, they're there. They, they really do fire off. Kyle said it. Good long-run car. Didn't go his way. Um, you know, age, success, championship. If you start putting all that in, you know, Joey Logano is quickly becoming one of the most valuable drivers in the garage. You know, I'm not saying he's the most talented. He's going to win the most race. Nothing like that. But if you are... Uh, you know, a brand new team. We talk about new teams all the time. If you're some billionaire that's going to come in and buy a NASCAR team, how would you not look at Joey Logano? Because he can bring maturity. He can bring wins. He brings a level temper. You know, he brings a lot of things that I think are attractive to both partners on the side of his car and owners. So, Joey Logano, impressive. I think he's the guy that we thought that they we thought he was going to be now. Like, he's grown into that. And at the beginning at Gibbs, it was, like, really kind of rocky. And then he made the shift to Penske and became a champion. And now he's becoming that guy. You can rely on Joey Logano. Yeah, he has sponsors sign up for a really long time to be on that car. So there's a lot of, a lot of faith in the 22 in Joey Logano and another win for this season. So he's locked into the playoffs. Um, all right, on the flip side of things, one driver that all three of us at this table – have said that a win is coming eventually. He just can't get there is the aid of Tyler Reddick. So, Steve, I want to ask you on this one. If you're his crew chief and watching this kid, because he is young, he's fresh in his career, he has definitely lit a fire over there at RCR. But what would you tell him when it comes to getting the monkey off the back and going after a win? So, you know, I really put some thought into this because it's, it's a – tough question to answer because what is Tyler Reddick? Who should he be? What his aggression level should be? I was in the booth and watched him drive what I considered too aggressive every single lap and he proved me wrong as he hosted the championship <laughs> trophy in the Xfinity Series for the second year in a row. Yeah, so, so my opinion on his aggression was completely proven wrong. Move forward to the Cup Series. He's fast and he's there at the end of some races but not all. If I'm Reddick's crew chief, I think I let him know we support his aggression. That's the pace. Every driver I hear from says you have to overdrive this race car to make it good. I think what I would be saying is, listen, maybe we can't do it for the length of a cup race. So let's be you to get started. Let's try to find that middle third where we both agree we are literally just going to log some laps. Let's, let's get you to relax because you can only play with fire so long, right? And maybe the race is just a smidge too long. It's not a talent. It's just how many times can you miss, right? And I think that that would be the conversation. I don't want you to not be you. I don't want you to not be the Tyler Reddick that deserves to have this seat at RCR, who's making RCR better. What I want to do is try to make you the best version of you. So let's, I don't care if it's code words. I don't care if we have this pep talk. Let's just try it. Let me find a run where I put tires on the car, and I don't really need you to do a whole lot. I don't need you to go forward. I don't need you to go back. You know what I need you to do? And I've heard these terms all the time. Me and Dale Jr. used to use a lot. Hey, man, I need you to log me 50 here. Just go give me 50 laps. Don't hit anything. Move a groove off the wall. Don't upset anybody. We have a great car. We have a winning car. You're a winning driver. Just log me 50 laps. At the end of this 50 laps, then we can re-engage again. 
That sounds silly. It sounds easy. You know how hard it is to, make, to coach a driver back, but, but that's what I would do for Redick because I love what he is. It's just I don't know if you can do it for 500 miles every single week. Well, I've, and I think that's a great point because you looked at Kyle Larson when he was over at Ganassi before that. He was trying to do that exact thing, run as hard as possible for the entire race. Like, he never lifted. And, you know, me and some of the other drivers have talked about that line. There's that line of maximum grip and maximum everything. And it keeps moving back while the driver keeps trying to be here. you got to stay on that line. Kyle's learned to be on the razor edge of it all the time. And Redick is very much a Larson-style driver. But I think, to your point, he just needs to slow down. Like, just, let's just take a run. We don't need to go 100 miles, 1,000 miles an hour the entire race. Just, just roll it for a minute, cool our stuff down, make sure we have something for the end. Yeah, because the counter is if they can do that and he starts showing up in the front two or three rows in the last 20 or 25 laps. Tough. tough. Kyle Busch's, Logano's, all of those guys, because now here's a guy who I think they all think is talented. Man, we don't know all his moves. Yeah. So what is he going to, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's an unfair statement and people don't love to hear it, but you, you, the trophy gets paid only one lap. And you got to get to that last lap. You got to be there. You got to be there. You can't there. win if you ain't in it. Yep. There is no denying that Tyler Reddick will get a win in the NASCAR Cup Series. Every driver has thought he would get a win this season. So do all three of us. So it's coming. Uh, it just needs to put together a solid 50 laps. Log me 50, Reddick. Log me 50. All right. Rapid response powered by 5-Hour Energy. A sold-out crowd at Worldwide Technology Raceway. St. Louis, you guys wanted a cup race. I guess I should say Madison, technically, but right outside of St. Louis. You wanted a cup race. You got a cup race, and man, did you show out. It was such a fun race, a packed house there. And uh, I even saw shirts that said cup time. There were towels that said cup time. You guys bought into it. So, Steve, let's give a rating for the crowd at Worldwide Technology. Oh, it's a 10. And I, I look at it very simple this way. I think the NASCAR schedule has some marquee events that should never be altered, never be moved. Other than those... I think everything's on the table. And I think NASCAR has done it. They've proven that we can go a bunch of different places. We went to a Coliseum. Yep. Now we've been to worldwide technology. It's very simple. Don't confuse how good the race is to what the drivers want, to what we want in the media. This should be and always will be a fan sport. And if the fans come out and it's sold out, go back and tell it isn't. I don't care how good the race is, isn't, whatever. And that should be a shot across the bow to every track that can't sell out. If you can't fill your seats, put yourself on notice because there are other places that can. So whether that's the track, the fans in that area, support your local track, support your favorite track. The fans and the tickets do the talking in my mind, so a 10 in worldwide technology. Here, here. I mean, <laughs> I'm here for it. Right? Listen, y'all know how I feel about the fans this year. You guys have been showing out, and thank you so much, because I've been battling these people on Twitter. And every time you show out, I get to puff my chest out just a little bit further. So shout out to St. Louis for showing up. Gateway was amazing. I know it was hot. It was, it's always hot at Gateway. It's never not hot. But I love that. I actually had that thought earlier this week. We should reward the fans. Because, it's, yeah, it's the track. But reward the fans that are showing up. If you show out, we're going to come back. We're going to keep coming back until it starts to dwindle. Then we will make a change. But if you show out, I want to see I want to see us going back there. So shout out to the fans. All right. I know that Kevin Harvick is one tough cookie. So for him to be a little shaken up, we know it was a hard hit, obviously, there at Gateway. But if the playoffs were to start right now, Kevin Harvick is the first one below the elimination line. He has no wins. He didn't get a win in 2021. He doesn't have a win yet in 2022. So do you worry about the four? I can't believe I'm asking this because I don't know if I've ever worried about Kevin Harvick. 
You know, the easy answer is no, but the easy answer was no for Jimmy Johnson for the last two years of his career. You know, I don't doubt Kevin Harvick's ability one bit. I don't doubt Rodney Childers' ability one bit. So the answer is no. I don't think there's worry for Kevin Harvick because there's no reason to be worried. He has championship trophies. He has a resume. He's very comfortable, um, in, you know, in his, in his talent if he never wins another race again. Now, does he want to win? Yeah, there's not a more fiery competitor. Yeah. But I just don't think there's worry. Um, you know, like this weekend, I'm not sure what happened to tires, brakes. It was hard to say uh, on the replay. I, you just hate to see a guy, to your point, be shaken up after a hit like that. I, you know, my concern, if there is one, is the schedule. We've had this conversation, yeah. you know, four road courses, two super speedways by the end of the regular season. You know, I, I think it really comes down to who else wins. If we get a bunch of other winners, it starts to kind of squeeze the vice on the four. But if you say, can he score enough points? Oh, man, I don't think there's anyone that can just grind into seventh place finishes every <laughs> single week and gobble up the points if needed. Yeah, if we're talking making in on points, like making in as long as it's points, no worries. If it's having to get a win, it's a little bit different. But there's nobody that is working harder for that group than Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick is putting in the work on Mondays every Monday for the last, like, 20-something years. That's what he does. That's why he's a champion. That's why he's a leader over at SHR. And if you don't think that what his, his work putting in is affecting the other cars and making them better, it definitely is. They just haven't put it together yet to have the speed, the raw speed. So I'm not worried about Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers that four group. They know what they need to do. They're champions, and they know how to win races. I'm not worried. Does he win this year? This year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I think Harvick wins in the playoffs, but I don't know if he makes the playoffs. So that's interesting. I couldn't see him. The Tony Stewart's, the Jeff Gordon's, the Dale Juniors. We've had a lot of big stars either make it and then get eliminated early and then win in a yeah. Martinsville or something in the fall. Yeah. Now, you could, you could sell me on a win when it doesn't matter for the championship but matters a lot for the man's career yes. or at least yes. for the team. Yeah. I, you could sell me on that. Okay, good. I'm selling. Stand. <laughs> I'm All right, backseat bets presented by BetMGM. These were either funny or a little difficult for me this week. Uh, so let's see what the two analysts here on the table think. First up, Joey Logano versus Kyle Busch. They love each other. Uh, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Logano. Why not? All right. <laughs> momentum. I ride momentum waves. All right. Next I'm up. I'm writing these down because you claimed you won so many last week. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Uh, next up, Ross Chastain. This is what I meant by funny. Ross Chastain versus Denny Hamlin. Uh, Denny Dan, Hamlin. Yeah. Ross Chastain's hoping to see every lap. Yeah, I, I think Denny. If, if those two have, and it's one on one, I know they might not be racing one on one, but if they are. I'm going with the, uh, with the 11. Yeah, I'll take the H. Okay, so I had the one circled. I had Ross, but after talking here on the table, I'm switching that. I'm going with the 11 just because I forgot about A.J. Allmendinger. I forgot that there's a lot of people who probably are not going to let it's Ross It's easy to run you race. off the track yeah. at Sonoma. Yeah, Ross should, like, adopt a sheep at Sonoma because that might be all he, all he gets this weekend. All right, next up, A.J. Allmendinger versus Austin Sendrick, two road course ringers. Wow, that yeah. took no time. So I, I'm taking Dinger because I do believe in karma, right? He got run over the last time, and I think he's going to be really, really good. Sendrick is good, not knocking Sendrick. Yeah. But A.J. Allmendinger, like, just Google the two of them and look at the number of starts. AJ has a lot of time at these tracks, specifically Sonoma. Cindric, not so much. The dinger. Oh, you're changing your circle again, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't circle this one. I oh. think I'm going with the dinger. See, that's interesting. Okay. 
Why? No, no, I want to see her. I want to see you can lead on this one. Yeah. Why don't you go here? I'm going to cover my paper. Okay. I actually don't circle anything, so no one knows what I'm thinking. No cheating this time. No cheating. Next up, the two young guns in the NASCAR Cup Series, Chase Briscoe versus Christopher Bell. Oh, no. I circled Bell. I like the, once again, I'm riding momentum. I like the speed. I know that Chase Briscoe just won the pole at Gateway, had a lot of speed in that in that 14, but I just think over the course of the season so far, the driver that has shown up for me the most has been the 20 of Christopher Bell out of those two. The driver, I, I'm, I'm going to go off and tell you, it's Briscoe. Get, she said, I mean, she said that 20 showed up more than the 14 this year. Speed-wise, Briscoe has one win at Phoenix, I know. Hey, listen, if you don't look up the stats, you can make them up as you go. <laughs> it's totally fine. Chase Briscoe. <laughs> now, listen, Christopher Bell, these are great, you know, these are good picks because I do believe, other than maybe the Chastain and Hamlin, and maybe Chastain will prove us all wrong, yeah, yeah. I think Briscoe and Bell are going to be right there in the mix. Um, but Briscoe, we know he'll throw a Hail Mary at the end. And I think that's the only way he perhaps gets beat by Christopher Bell. But, I mean, he's going to be fast. He's good at road he's courses. He I didn't say he's fast. not. No, we're letting you pick first from now on. <laughs> I like that. Come this on, is why I like working with Come Steve. On, You've got 20. my back. All right. Uh, we are heading to Sonoma. It's wine country for the NASCAR Cup Series. It's the last race that will be on Fox for this season before we get to hear this voice every single weekend. It's like music to our ears. Uh, but it will be a fun one out there in Northern California. Sonoma is a beautiful racetrack. It's a road course. We haven't been road course racing in a little while. So let's make our Sonoma picks for Sunday. I'm not leading this one. Oh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Give me the 16 all day, every day, and <laughs> twice this Sunday if it's a road course. Look, they, AJ is now, look up the stats, he is now. Oh, we're back on stats. Well, yeah, we're on stats, because it's a real stat. He is now the most uh, road course winning driver in NASCAR. Not the couple, across, across, yeah, the, across, across the board. That, that is impressive. Congratulations, AJ, for this weekend and your career. It's been awesome watching you run the road courses, for sure. And I think you're going to get another one this weekend and make that gap a little bigger. He was Mr. Road Course. He's been a little quiet, but he finally got that win on the oval, got everybody off his back. Oh. Chase Elliott. Yeah, Hendrick Motorsports right. was nowhere to be found. It appeared for most of Gateway they were good, but not what they want for good, uh -huh. right? And I think that I didn't have to cheat. Oh, see, she's going to claim I cheated. <laughs> the truth is, Chase Elliott, I believe, is going to go out there. Um, now, there's going to be a great battle. There's no runaway in this field, but I think Chase Elliott goes out to wine country, back to the short course, which I love, uh, and gets the win. Alan Gustafson, Chase Elliott, exclamation point, get another win. I'm back on my regular scheduled business. The nine is written in all capital letters. I'm with Latard on this one. Give me the nine of Chase Elliott. We'll see you on Sunday. Uh, we're <laughs> racing at Sonoma. I hope you guys uh, show out up there in Northern California. It's such a beautiful racetrack. So enjoy it. We'll see you right back here next week on Backseat Drivers. But tune into the race this Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Steve Mamba, always a pleasure. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to our channel for more clips, highlights, and full-length episodes. Also, check out NASCAR.com to stay up to date with all the latest news.